0: Did I tell you about me, Pocket, dialing 911? Ooh,
1: no, you did not.
0: So I was uh, banging out a, uh, an email. <clears throat> I think I maybe you thought I was going to say something else. <laughs> I was banging out an email and my phone, I heard this, uh, this ringing in my pocket. So I reached in my pocket and pulled out my phone and it said, <laughs> Emergency 911. And just as I was hanging up, I was saying, Why am I calling 911? And I hit the end button. And I was like, You know, I remember calling 911 as a kid. And then they would call you back and yeah. then send a cop to your house. Yeah. So things have changed, just so you know. They called me back and it was a Greeley number. So I was like, Hmm, wonder what this is all about. And I picked it up and I said, Hello. And they were like, This is 911. Do you have an emergency? And I said, Oh, no. Sorry, I accidentally called. And They were like, "So everything is okay?" I was like,
1: "Yes." <laughs> yes.
0: She was like, "Okay, thank you," and then got off the phone. So I hung. You know, we hung up. I put my phone back in my pocket, and something wasn't sitting right. And I was like, "Dude, so all like your job is just to call back to make sure that whoever called nine one one is okay? What if I was the guy that was killing Mike?" Right. And picked up the phone. You know what i And said, saying? yes, yeah. everything is just fine. Yeah, everything is fine, as you were. But it was from Greeley. I mean, what do you really expect from Greeley? Right. This is Mike. And Adam. From Mile High Shooting, and you're listening to The Everyday Sniper. Frank is up in Alaska right now teaching a course. We're waiting for him to come back down to us so we can get a course going next weekend. Uh, so we'll be reporting from the lower 48 for you and uh, it's been a while since I've been on here I've been busy with a bunch of stuff my oldest daughter graduated high school So i have been trying to spend a lot of time with her uh, before she takes off and uh, we don't get to see her as often <clears throat> um, So we've been doing some trips and stuff and trying to just spend a lot of time together and and I started college myself so I'm back in college, Ooh. yep, getting, uh, trying to get my D's grease.
1: That's why the hair is all done up nicely. Yeah, now. man, I got to yeah. do
0: some profile pictures. You know, I got to look respectable. Yeah,
1: yeah, we got it all laid, but it's not all spiky and no, impressive.
0: fried dyed, and laid to the side. <laughs> so anyways, huge thanks to Rob Quigley, the ROs, and the sponsors for the Mile High Shootout. We went to in Craig, Colorado this last weekend, and we wanted to give you some highlights and just some of our personal thoughts As far as equipment was concerned, the ammo that we were using, the software we were using, the scopes that we were using, and just kind of point out a couple of things along the course of fire. We're not going to hit all the pieces of the course of fire. We just wanted to point out ones that really stood out to us, and we thought were kind of entertaining, and um, hit the uh, hit just the main points of that stuff. And I also want to give a. What are you doing? We're in the master's reloading shop now. He just got up and walked across the room and started messing with my gear. Um, special shout out to my man, Kyle in Oregon. Talked to him the other day. He's looking at doing a build and he's really excited. Send him a barrel. So, uh, he's going to get that put together. So tell all your friends, Kyle. Um, and we also want to cover on the last piece of what we're going to talk about tonight is going to be tonight for us, maybe morning for you, but the mental endurance of shooting a match. Once you get to the last few stages of the match, where should your head be or where is your head at versus where it should be?
1: And we've touched base on that before. We have, and it was,
0: like, Adam and I haven't really shot a match together in the last, what, year? Year, yeah. And the only train-up that I actually get to do from time to time with, you know, with work schedule, school, kids, and everything like that is... When I go and teach a course with Frank, and usually that's an hour and a half in the afternoon, if I can get to it, if I'm not doing targets or something like that, yep. is when I can actually gather some dope on my gun, and we'll talk about that as we go along through this uh, this fun ride of the Mile High Shootout. Um, before the shootout started, a few months prior, Rob invited us to do the train-up again, which was totally awesome. I I love doing that kind of stuff and meeting the shooters and especially new shooters. And we see a lot of old shooters and we saw a lot of shooters from last year that did the spin up training as well. Yep. And they yep. had a lot of positive comments um, coming back out of it. And they said, you know, you guys changed it a little bit where we looked at it as we changed it and made it more fluent, which we actually, we spent more time with them uh, one-on-one type of time. Yep. And we had four of us. So it was myself, you, and Aaron Pickering and Dan Hansen from HRD, and Aaron Pickering being from uh, Colorado Precision Rifle, we all rode up in the same yeah. truck and played a bunch yeah. of road games and everything. And
1: yeah, it was nice. We got to take the the Dan's uh, six seater side by side, which if, I'm sure
0: you guys probably saw on Facebook. On yeah, if, the, if the you haven't seen it, it we, we like had that. it
1: jam packed. We had six people in there. It was it was uh, totally Mike, worth it. Mike, myself, Dan, Aaron. Then Brian Whalen from CP Rifle. And then Nigel Nigel. Broadfoot from uh, Colorado Springs. And uh, he just threw all the stuff in. And we we, we kind of consolidated this year. We took all the backpacks the second day. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. (laughs) Thanks, Brian.
0: Brian freaks out. So if you come across Brian Whalen and. you tell him, hey, don't bring your pack. He may have a panic attack, or what I would call a pack attack. Pack attack. Because yeah. he, he was very short of a heart attack. But when we're like, hey, dude, no packs in the Ranger, we have enough stuff in there. It,
1: it looked like I killed his two week old puppy. Like he, he, he was, he even told me. I will take everything out of my pack. And, I'll take everything out. And I'll and carry my I'll just, pack on I'll my just, lap. I'll just, I'll just carry my backpack <laughs> on my lap. I'm like, you took everything out of it. What What do you need in that backpack?
0: He so, just needs that pack. He needs the pack. Well, and here's the funny thing is, like we were trying to get him separated from his pack on the first day, and he like we had all gotten in the ranger except for one person, the driver. And the driver was in the back of the ranger. I think it was Dan. Or uh-huh. it was either you or Dan. It was Dan. And... Brian kept turning around and asking me, "Hey, uh, do you want me, do, Should I put my pack on my lap?" I'm like, "Brian, there shouldn't even be a pack in the ranger. Well, uh, should I just put it on my lap?" I thought you asked Adam if you were going to put it on your lap. Well, yeah, I did. Well, why are you asking me? Put it on your lap.
1: Well, can I just leave it in the back? <laughs> just, just keep, a- <laughs> just keep asking the the people, different people, until you get the answer you want. Right. That's. It. Well, Adam said no. Uh, Mike, can I keep? Can I take my pack? No. Hey, damn. Can I bring my backpack? Sure. Throw it in the back. Yes.
0: So the train-up, we did a fundamental eval. So we went down the sniper side checklist. I asked everybody up front. I said, hey, who wants a one-on-one eval and who wants me to you know, critique your shooting position and the sh- your style of shooting and stuff like that? Because sometimes – I'm not saying I'm the master of all this stuff, but sometimes it's good to have an outsider looking in. But especially when you have a you know a proven checklist that we use in our actual courses, mm-hmm. and to go down that list and say this is what I saw, you can take it home with you and and go to the hotel and study it and decide if you want to if you want to you know do the things that I that I mentioned or if you don't want to that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a lot of those guys that were guys and gals. That were shooting for, uh, the spin up training, and they were like, "Hey, man, you know this was a good this
1: was a good critique," and that and I didn't really hear anybody say anything bad. And every every single person, I mean, just to give you guys a perspective, Mike says, "Hey, who wants a fundamental eval right here, right now?" Every single person raised their hand, even including the guys that. That uh, that were coming back and they were really they took the class mostly to like hey I'll see if I can pick something up learn something new but I'm mostly here to get data and they all they're like yep sure I'll take it we had customers come out from from Texas that are that are pretty squared away shooters oh absolutely and they shot very well through the match Conrad
0: did really well
1: yeah and they're like hey I want you to just take a look it's just that third party. You know, like, hey, it's not my best friend sitting here trying to critique me. This is somebody else. I want to see if you see something, mm-hmm. you know, every single person raised their hand, which was I thought was, you know, actually pretty amazing because in my head I was like, nah.
0: I'm glad we didn't have like 25 people, <laughs> yeah. you know, that was like, 15 was enough. 15 was definitely enough. So doing that fundamental eval, we we developed a course of fire before we went up there and we decided we're going to use 50 rounds and maybe this will help you, the the listener, Um, decide how you want to do maybe a couple hours of training at the range. So we took 50 rounds and we did a five-round shot group for zero with a fundamental eval. And then we did a five-round shot group to any, any confirmation shots that we needed to confirm our zero for the shooters. And then we did a wind course where we took, I I believe it was 20 rounds, 20 rounds into the wind. So that gives us 30.
1: Yeah, 20 rounds of wind and elevation. So they got to, one, they got to true up their stuff to the wind class.
0: Yeah, do use their tri-dope.
1: Yep. Then they got to also check their elevation with that 20 rounds while they were calling wind with that formula.
0: And then the rest of the rounds we used in positional shooting. So we did... We took half a class and we put them you know half of the class on the tank trap, and then the other half on basically a barricade or a cattle fence is what was what was available yeah. to us yeah and we did five shot strings, so we did five shots and then come back around and do another five shots, and then move to the other obstacle, do five shots, and come back around and do five <laughs> shots
1: yeah and the, the whole point of that was is in, we didn't we didn't rush anybody through, we never gave them a uh a, a minute thirty time limit because we want them to figure out what best suits them in that position, yeah, we want them to get
0: comfortable, but not too comfortable
1: right figure out yeah, i mean it didn 't take twenty minutes per student or anything like that, but figure out here are the basic things that you need to do. you need to have the you know support system support the rifle, or you one of the uh, one of the two, however you want to work it, but you <clears throat> you have to set those, you know, we basically went through, like, figure out how to get comfortable, figure this out, now shoot, you know, so it was probably, I'd say it was like three to four minutes per student each five rounds that way they got comfortable and knew what they needed to do the second time they came through that same obstacle it was much quicker because they had an idea of what they wanted to do to make it a, a steadier platform for
0: i feel like they got a lot for their 50 bucks mm-hmm. and and that's what the the entry was to get into the train up so 50 bucks to the donation pot yeah. so um we could take care of business while we're out there and you know throw some money at a whole bunch of other stuff too for the 4-h kids and Um, it was just it was a really good all-around experience for us uh, with the students and you know after everything is done I always say you know it's time for a critique if you have you know if you have something good to say if you have something bad to say we want to hear it we Mm -hmm. have broad shoulders and if there's something that we can change for next year to make this better the only thing you're doing is making it better for the next guy so if you if you go to it and you're like man I didn't like it why didn't you like it Yeah. yeah I can't change the weather I wish we could have had more wind, you Mm -hmm. know, and like that stuff was all lining up and we proved it in the data and a lot of their Kestrels and a lot of their uh, ballistic programs. So it gave them a uh, who, what, when, when, where, why and how. So there was, you know, a a lot of meat and potatoes and we trimmed off a bunch of fat and we still ran late. So the the range kind of opened us, you know, maybe like a half hour late or something like that. We were supposed to do like a, like a two or three hour spin up and it'd be like four hours or something like that. So, I think they got the bang for their buck on that. And we yeah. had new shooters and seasoned shooters, and it was great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50 bucks for three and a half hours of, of training. I think it was great, you know.
0: The biggest fundamental flaw that I saw, and that's a lot of questions always go to that, and I see a lot of questions on the Podbean app. What's the biggest fundamental flaw when you're doing a, a fundamental eval? The biggest one that I saw was like aside from trigger control, I'm not even going to hit that because we always talk about that. I want to talk about gripping the rifle, actually manhandling that thing and getting it into your shoulder and not giving it a running start at your shoulder Mm -hmm. and throwing you off target. So what I see a lot of is people just lay their hand on the gun or just barely, you know, they're afraid to grip the gun. They're afraid to touch the gun because they believe that there's going to be too much influence. Well, there is, and the reason why, and a lot of these guys that I saw, and if they're listening right now, they'll remember this, is I said your bipod's loose. Well, I don't want to touch the gun because I don't want to influence the gun. Well, tighten up your bipod and then pull that sucker back into your shoulder and pull Mm -hmm. the trigger.
1: Load the bipod properly. Mm -hmm. You can load the, the bipod properly by pointing the gun at the ground, putting it in your shoulder pocket, and then bringing it up. That loads the bipod an even amount all the time then also you're not relying on a rear bag to do all the work for you i mean there's still material that moves in there yep. so there, there's there's multiple things going on there recoil is
0: going to happen yeah you know you, you,
1: you got to have good constant pressure in your shoulder pocket load the bipod and you want it to be consistent all the time your right hand and i think this goes back to the thing they see everybody with their thumb on the right side or the left side if your are yeah, right the hand floating thumb hand. the floating thumb that's fine but what are the other three fingers doing Most of the time, I'm pulling straight rearward. Still, I want to make sure that that gun stays on target, still controlled.
0: Yep, stays on target. And the biggest thing Mm -hmm. is, recoil goes up, it goes back, and it takes the path of least resistance. So if your if your hand is not where it's supposed to be, it's going to it's going to attempt to exploit that portion of the recoil, Mm -hmm. and it's going to go up, and it's going to go back, and it's going to go either left or right, depending on how you are lined up behind the rifle. So if you try to negate some of that stuff, if you pull back on that grip, you may negate some of that upward movement, which is sometimes people miss highs because they're not controlling that. And they're allowing the gun to recoil up and it's going up and over the target. And then they try to adjust their, uh, their dope based off of that. And then they have a bunch of uh, bad numbers, but that was the biggest thing that I saw with the, with the shooters. And um, it was more or less taking care of um, recoil management was just the biggest thing that I saw. And, Mm -hmm. When, when it comes down to it, that match is a recoil management match because you have to find your target, you have to get on your target, you, and you have to engage your target. And once you engage your target, your gun's going to come off the target because you're in an uncomfortable position of positional shooting, whether standing up, kneeling down, crouching, or anything like that. And if you can't control the gun, it's going to take advantage of you. Right. It's going to drive you yeah. instead of you driving it. That's right. So,
1: yep.
0: Getting into some of the... Uh, the things that we saw we they built this they called it the crack house yeah so the crack house had a bunch of windows in it and a bunch of windows had either little flaps in it some bars across it and um like a bunch of just obstacles in the windows which you guys will probably see from the is it connex or connex uh, uh connex uh, however, media yeah. yeah connex media so when you look at it from the NRL's perspective, you'll see a lot of pictures of people shooting in that house, and you'll see some of the windows, if they back off a little bit, you can see it. A lot of the shooters um, that we talked to that had shot it after we shot it, because you're not allowed to talk to each other. At, right. Once you go in the house, you shoot it, and you come out, you go on to the other side of the stage, and you wait until the rest of your party catches up with you. Yep. So, which I thought was a really good thing because there are some things in that house. They give you time to evaluate.
1: Yeah, they gave us 15 seconds to basically, hey, look, find your targets, look at this, see what folds, see what basically moves and how you you would get your gun in here.
0: Right, and a lot of it was in the wording. It was like, hey, go in and mess with everything that's in here. Yep. And typically at most events, what you'll come across is ROs being like hey don't mess with the equipment leave it where it's at right? because they want it the same for everybody you know everybody's experience is the same well in this particular shed they had bars across some of the windows so you're like well why would I even try to shoot out of that window there's bars in the way Right. well if you would have pushed the bars a little or just reached up and grabbed them a little bit mm -hmm. they slide out of the way they
1: slide side to side
0: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so when somebody says, here's, a, here's an after actions right here, is when somebody says go up and mess with the obstacle, get yeah. up there and mess with that obstacle.
1: Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, like see grab what, onto
0: things and shake them and yeah, see, see what you can do. Move, yeah. And if you break it, it's their own fault for telling you to mess with it. Mm-hmm. So get up there and but mess with it. But it was kind of
1: like a red flag, kind of like ding, ding, ding. Like, why do you want, why are you giving us 15 seconds to, to touch stuff?
0: Yeah, it's a house with windows. It's, what's the it's, big it's, deal? Yeah. yeah, and we
1: shot that same house last year in the same location, it just had different targets, but it was it was kinda like, well what did they change then? Because we were there last year.
0: And it was the same house. It's the same house. A lot of the targets were in the same areas. Areas. This yeah.
1: they, they moved them and they, they kinda hid one over in the brush and stuff. It was really hard to see. Um but you know like that I mean it was like hey go in there and touch things. It's like well why um, why? Yeah <laughs> most of the time they're like get Ask in, there, that and start, why? Get in there and start shooting on? now. You know, like you you just start blind and go in there. They're like, hey, go in there, look at it, then grab your stuff, stand back, and now start.
0: So basically just get in there and touch stuff.
1: (sighs) Yeah, just get in there and just push things around. If they give you that chance, obviously if they tell you not to, don't do it.
0: One of my favorite – this was like the highlight to me of the entire match – Was the cold bore shot and the creativity that was behind it. Mm -hmm. So what we had was basically a 16-inch donut that was approximately 600 yards, I believe it was. It was like 587 or something something like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll call it 600 yards. And it was a donut. And in the center of the donut, it it was an open circle. And there was a target laid behind the donut. And how big was that circle? It was like three-quarter?
1: the well the, the the circle in the center was was uh, four and a quarter inches four
0: and a quarter inches yeah. so it was just under an moa
1: yeah
0: basically yeah so you had your windage had to be perfect your elevation had to be perfect yep. and now they gave you options so here's where it kind of it threw a lot of people off they're like okay how do i play the points game and they called it the gambler Yes, it was called the Gambler. So yeah. there was a KYL rack that was sitting to the left of, the, of your target, mm-hmm. of your cold bore shot. And they said, okay, well, if you hit anywhere on the 16-inch circle of the donut, you get four points. Good. If you decide you want to take one shot at this thing and you clear through that hole and hit your cold bore target behind the donut, you get 12 points. Right. But if you want to... You can shoot at the KYL rack to get your wind and your elevation perfect. Yep, take a sighter. Take a sighting shot, and then go for the, um, for the cold bore. And if you hit the cold bore, you get eight points. But either way, if you hit anywhere on that donut, you get four points.
1: Yep. If you miss the donut, you get zero points. You get zero.
0: You're, yep. you're done.
1: And if you didn't communicate to the ROs, Saying, hey, I'm going to take a cider or I'm going to shoot the the cold board or I'm going to shoot this or that. If you didn't tell them what you were going to do, zero. Zero. Communication was key as well. Okay.
0: So it was funny to watch the reactions of people as they got to it because there was – there was buzz about it before we got there. You mm-hmm. see all the shooters coming because it's the furthest one down on the second day. Yep. People are walking back. Hey, man, did you shoot the cold board, the gambler? Did you shoot the gambler? Yeah. And there was a lot of buzz about it before you got to shoot it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of misinformation leading to it because we were like, oh, well, if you do this, then you get this points and this points and this points. When you get actually get up there, they're like, shut up and listen. This yeah. is what you get. This is how it is. Yeah. You and you're like, oh, man, well. I was planning this whole time. So what Quigley did was got in your head in the morning of the second day before you even had a chance to shoot it. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time that you're working up to it, talking to these other shooters and how they did, because there was only like 12 people that actually hit the cold bore shot that actually nutted up and said – I'm going to go for it, and they got their 12 points. Well, I
1: think the 12 actually included guys that took ciders.
0: Did it include that, guys that took ciders? Yeah,
1: there was – I think there was four or five guys that – Just that, balls out. Balls out, 12 points. But then the rest of the, the the whole the whole other like eight people, you know, like they were the only ones that – they took a cider and then moved over and hit it, you know, uh, past that. So, you you know, like that we're talking 15 people. There was another 100 people. That either hit they hit the donut or miss the target or miss the completely. target
0: completely. Yeah, and that's I mean it's a 16 inch target at yeah. 600 yards. I mean your your call's got to be off pretty bad for that one. You're like I'm gonna go for it, and yeah. then well then, I can tell
1: you I, I worried about missing. it like the, <laughs> everyone even, did. Even the 16 inch target I sit there like oh man. I'm not gonna say I wasn't stressed <laughs> out about it. I, I'll tell you one of the stre- the most stressful time it, it, shooting order for us was was Aaron dan me then you mm-hmm. and dan goes up lays down is getting ready and it starts going left to right it had been going right to left the, entire, the, time. the whole entire time the entire time dan lays down it's going left to right well
0: in the previous stage at three or no it is off the tank trap it was off the tank trap what were those like 400 yards
1: uh five five fifty so five
0: fifty we i was dialed on my scope Six tenths to hit. Yeah, right to left. Six tenths to hit.
1: Mm -hmm. I was holding six tenths to hit. Yes.
0: And when we got to that, the next stage, I mean, it's literally 20 feet apart. Mm -hmm. But it's pointing in a different direction. Different
1: direction, yeah.
0: Right? So take that into account. And then I'm going, okay, uh, well, we don't have a full-on wind this time. Yeah. But now it's going up and down the hill because it was the hill that we walk up to for the first day. Yep. It's right along the side of that road. So it was – and the target, even though it didn't look like it, the target was more elevated than, we, than it looked like because yeah. I had to – not only did I put the extra – the extensions on the T-back, on mm-hmm. the bipod, yeah. I should have come up a couple extra notches because it was not high enough.
1: I felt the same way. But it looks mm-hmm.
0: like you're looking down on it. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But so,
1: yeah, <clears throat> Dan, he lays down. It starts going left to right, and I'm watching through his binoculars. You're like, oh, no. And I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> like, what are we going to do now, you know? And, and, and he goes – Dan looks back at the RO Sean Andrews. And yes, he's Sean like, Andrew. He goes, how long do I have to sit here, you know? And Sean's That's like – That's right. I had, yeah, he goes – I had
0: left in the ranger to take uh, somebody to the bathroom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, <laughs> Dan, he's like uh, – Sean goes, well, like – we kind of give you 30 seconds to kind of prep, lay down, you know, and you, you know, we're trying to be kind of lenient here. Like, like if you're going this, for yeah, it, you but, need to but, go but, for you know, it. Right? And Dan's like, okay, well, I'm going to lay here a second and fiddle with my stuff. And, and then, uh, it kind of switches back right to left and Dan's like, all right, start the clock. And you get a minute 30 and then he's like, no more than says that it goes back left to right. And then it goes right to left then it goes left to Right. And it's like every three seconds, it was changing Hold back and center. forth. And I was sitting there, I was like, "Oh, I don't even know what to do." You know, I was like, uh, 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 "Dan, wait, just wait because it's going to help yeah, me." Wait him out, yeah, yeah, yeah wait him out because <laughs> as soon as you get up, I'm laying down yeah, and shooting that right to left. Let that thing come back, you know. So, anyways, Dan, Dan hit the the big donut. I hit the big donut. I hit the big donut. I was I was a tenth right off. Of, uh, I was holding. I held. On uh, pro side, money side, into the into the donut. So, I I can't be too mad at that. Like, I hit further into the wind. If it had gusted, I could have hit it. I didn't. You know, yeah. It did. The wind did gust. It's a
0: gamble, right? It's a gamble. It's a gamble. gamble. So, and I think all of us,
1: all of us went for
0: it. All of us went for it. I didn't go for for the Kyl. I was like, dude, I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm not first place. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm here. I'm
1: here to shoot
0: the stage the way it was intended to be shot. Yeah. I'm like, so I'm just going to go for it. And my I, I had two-tenths right wind. I remember this. It was two-tenths right wind coming from that six-tenths I was just at, mm-hmm. going to two-tenths, holding center, pulling the trigger. And hitting on the edge of the donut, six o'clock of the freaking, uh, of the cold board. Right. And so my, my wind call was money. It was dead nuts on. My elevation was off. And yeah. that's what fucked me. Yeah. So, and it, it, it didn't really fuck me. I really enjoyed that because I was just like, oh God, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't want to look like a fool. And I, of course, <laughs> I don't even know this, but Rob's behind me at this point, like watching because he kind of, like he checks in on us. I really yeah. like Rob. He checked in on us a lot. Yeah. And uh,
1: he made sure a Goon Squad was all. Right. He was
0: making sure that we weren't trying to do none of that KYL nonsense. We were mm-hmm. just going straight for it, and we 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 did good. Yeah, and uh, we didn't miss, so that was good. So it got my four points and moved on with life. Yeah, and I was happy there. So what it comes down to is this target um, was my highlight of the of the shoot, and I really liked it. And if you claim to have a quarter minute gun, this target's for you.
1: Yeah, and you you claim that you can call when to the mile per hour
0: this target is this for target you. was for you. It's so much for you that I am having Austin Angus from double a targets make us one. So I can put it on the range for our students in the morning. We're going to have a morning challenge every morning of the mm-hmm. shoot. So you got what? Three days. No. Well, it would be two days because we're not going to get out past 600 yards on the first day. Typically. Um, So the morning of Saturday and the morning of Sunday, I'm going to have you cold shooter, cold bore this target Mm -hmm. but to see where your wind's at and see where your elevation's at.
1: That also allows you to get in the head of those guys like, hey, you guys see the donut target? tomorrow morning yeah. we shooting that you yeah. know so you don't better be on and it better be on you better, better be, be getting your atmospheres you be, you going better, so you guys better be paying attention listen to what i'm saying
0: i really like that and i'm going to incorporate it into our training and i think frank will like it too and i'm sure you'll hear about this or whatever yeah. but when, it's, it's, when we actually get it and set it up he'll be on board 100 oh yeah it,
1: it's it's fun man it's, it's a different it's a different stage it's a it's a good it's a good learning technique you know it's it's all or nothing. You're a hero or a zero, basically. Yeah. You know? And I think it's good
0: for us, too. When we go out to our range and shoot, I think that should be the first shot when we get out there. Doll right. for 600 yeah. and think about where you're at in the, in the wind mm-hmm. and uh, and get that elevation absolutely perfect, and that'll help out. So yeah. uh, just personal, just a personal note there. Uh, po- uh, positional shooting, there was – I would say – I don't want. To, man, there was, a lot of prone <laughs> there, there was a lot of prone shooting. There was a lot of prone shooting.
1: There was a lot of prone. There's a lot of positional. There was a to, lot of positional. I, I would. I don't. Know, I guess I'd have to actually go through the through the book here and actually see, but I would say that there was probably forty percent prone.
0: I could agree with that. In my head, thinking back to it, like obviously there was what twenty some odd stages,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and if we said if 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 I were to agree with you at forty percent, I think that's pretty close. Yeah. Because I felt like we were moving around enough or we were shooting off of enough stuff to make it so it wasn't very mundane. It was just very, um, you know, it was, okay, you're not shooting the same stage over and over and over. And yeah, you get a prone stage that was next to a prone stage, but it wasn't the same. It was different. You know, there was was a lot of stuff going on.
1: There was a lot, you know, like he set it up to where... Yeah, if you went prone, uh, and I watched it on the, the tank trap stage, there was a, it was like a big tank trap with a baby tank trap jammed in the middle of it. And there was sticks going everywhere, you know? Yeah, there was a hey, lot of sticks. Yeah, everybody went prone. On, mm-hmm. the, on the, the very beginning. Myself included. The, the, jam that leg in, throw a mini game changer. I even seen the guy take a quick grip and hook it to the leg and set the, set the you know, it hold his, his gun in the right place with a game changer or whatever on there. And they could go prone. But once they went prone and they shot their shots, then they had to get up and they had to change positions. And then they had one shot at each, each one of the three targets mm-hmm. and then they had to change positions again. So, yes, you got to go prone, but you also had to get up and get moving and shoot from a different position as well.
0: If you went prone. If you saw somebody go prone and you were like, oh, shit, I could do that, then I'm going to, you know. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the scope status stuff. Because yeah, yeah. I want to talk about my scope status. And I think that uh, that was pretty mm-hmm. important for me anyways. And, uh, you know, during this after action, it's just in our personal space here. Um, but the positional shooting, I tried to step into positional shooting this year without any rear support there was one stage in the crack house the first stage of the first day where adam busted out his monopod what are you calling that thing i don't know all right so it's basically a plate
1: (laughs) it's a real heavy plate it's a real
0: heavy plate (laughs) with arca rail on it with an arca rail on it and the and the claw feet underneath it yep and then it has an adjustment Tool on that Arca Swiss. It has plate. a. It's like a ball head. It's so like, it's like an upside down ball head. It, basically, if you if you with a if leg. If you, one single leg sticking if you out of
1: vision, taking your tripod with your, uh, uh, what's Andy's plate that he what does he call that the precision? Uh, anyway, it's like or, a shelf or, or yeah. the tack table. Yeah, a tack table or something. The, like that. All of those, and you basically turn that upside down, put feet on it. Put that on the ground, but it, instead of it being a tripod, it's a monopod.
0: Yeah, it's one tall. It's like an eight-foot-long leg. Yeah, yeah. you can, You can. And you can adjust it.
1: You can adjust it wherever you want. And I just I just took a ball head, screwed it on there, and it's made for cameras. Like a lot of uh, guys' uh, sporting events, mm-hmm. they'll take a monopod because they can run up, set it down, take pictures, and move quickly. They don't have a tripod, and it's catching on people's feet and stuff like that. And I just turned it upside down. A
0: lot of times you'll see people fighting that tripod.
1: And that's all the time.
0: That's kind of why I took a different approach. But anyways, you brought out the monopod, and then it was it was funny because you pulled it out of the ranger and you put it on the ground, and you just stood there next to it, and you looked at the RO. And I think it was when we got to Nick's stage yeah. where he's like, "Oh my God, this is a whole new gamer status, gamer level twenty, gamer yeah. this, gamer that." Because what I did, I
1: stuck it on the ground. I took my mini game changer. And I stuck it on the top, and it's just sitting straight up with yeah, the game, with changer, game changer on. With a game changer on, I just I stood just there and I went, walked back to the Ranger, and came back, and it's just sitting there chilling with the game changer and Nick's on. It's
0: like, oh, this whole gamer status, and then it just got real quiet, and then it was like, oh, where do I get one? How would you build that? What's yeah, going on? Where is how, hey, how, how much? How much you, that going to yeah. cost me? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, how do, I love you, Nick. I you, just want you to you, know that. How, how do you? How do you use that? And, that's kind of Nick is one of, of my
0: Nick is one of my favorite ROs. Every every year he so far, I don't know if it was the first year he was out there shooting it or if he was ROing the first year. But every time I get to one of his stages, because we get to see him twice, and yes. then maybe at the awards event and stuff like that. But we get to see him twice, and every time I get to his stage, I've never had a bad time at his stage. He is no. su- he is such a good RO.
1: Yep, great.
0: So I tried to stay away after that first stage. I dropped all rear support. I said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to fundamentally shoot this. And if I can shoot it fundamentally, I'll mm. feel better. And I don't plus I don't want to fight a tripod. I'm already fighting myself and I'm fighting the position. Why do I want to mm. fight another piece? And I just keep seeing people who don't train enough with the tripod, myself included. Don't train enough with a tripod trying to use it as rear support and getting tripped up, and that's when accidents happen, that's when NDs happen, and that's when it just becomes unsafe for a lot of people. Yep. Now others who who train with this and they're very effective and efficient, like yourself, like you get on a you get on a tripod or a monopod and it's mm-hmm. over, dude. You're hit, you're going to hit. Like and and you proved that this last mm-hmm. weekend. Where I was like, <laughs> I can probably I can I can shoot better without Rear support than I can with mm. rear support, and it's weird. Yeah. So and,
1: and it all comes down to, to how you build your position, and if you know that you're, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shoot the same way on that stage if I knew that I wasn't going to use a tripod. Right. If you know, like, like the a trend, different plan like, would come the, into
0: play because the, 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 they would the, tell you you can't use rear support. You can't use new rear support. plan.
1: Perfect new plan. I'll, I'll I'll figure this out a whole new way. I'll do it a different way. That's fine. But if I can get away with. Rear support. I and I, I. don't train a lot with it. It just. I don't know. I just grab the tripod, slide it over there, and I can grab it and use it. I. I, I wish that I said that I trained with it all the time and I was efficient with it, but I feel like my tripod use is probably like seventy five percent good. You know, it still gets bound up, still gets caught, and you know, there's times where you have to abandon it. You yeah. know. And if, if you find yourself wasting all the time, like you're sitting there like, God, I just can't quite – just throw it out of the way.
0: Yeah, just shoot off the barricade. Balance the gun on the barricade. Let the barricade yeah. take the weight of the rifle. That's right. Get behind it. Square up on it. Find your target. Power down. Pull the trigger. Right. You know, get on it. Ammo. So I was running Hornady, 6mm Creedmoor, and – I had run through this year a uh, few classes. I usually grab a case of ammo per class, and then I had some leftover ammo from last year. And then everybody's been digging through the Six Creedmore ammo at work. Yeah. So it's get just lot numbers. It's very hard at, at times because we order it in pallets. Mm-hmm. And, and then we just like, we get a pallet in and we stick it with the other pallet, get another pallet in, stick it with the other pallet. Um, and we sell a lot of it and it moves, and everybody wants the same lot number. So it's very hard for some of us sometimes to find the same lot number without digging to the middle of the pallet and moving about 400 pounds worth of ammo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Personally, I said fuck that. I grabbed three different lots of ammo and went to work. Right. And I don't think that it hindered me at all. I think that Hornady is loading 6mm Creedmoor ammo close enough to each other that it there's not a problem. And <clears throat> I saw it while I was shooting that I changed from one lot number to another lot number on the second day and it shot the exact same
1: yeah it, i think and it was a lot think, number
0: from last year versus a lot number from this year
1: right and we we can tell the years by just the the lot number on there so it's really easy to tell like okay well this was made third month of 19 you know so it's easy to to, to track and kind of see Um, Just across the board with with a bunch of people running 6 Creed more, I don't think that there is a more consistent ammo that Hornady makes than 6 Creed. That stuff always shoots. I mean, I hadn't talked to anybody where they found an an extreme spread over 25. Right. I mean, I got to work work my ass off reloading to make sure that I stay under 20. Right. Like, in reality, 5 feet per second – Extreme spread more for all the work? Is it really worth it? Listen, I was sitting there watching you and I was like, man, I could have foregoed all the <laughs> the nights out late reloading in the shop. You and know?
0: testing and everything like that. Yeah,
1: well,
0: <laughs> and coming into it. I didn't I didn't do a whole lot of testing this year. <laughs> right. But you did put some you did put some rounds to that barrel. And this is your six BRA that you shot.
1: Yep, six B R A. It's the same barrel as last year. My goal last year was to figure out how many rounds you could put through a BRA before the barrel burnt out. And what'd you get? Well, I didn't burn it out. I was at like 1,800. And then I was like, well, I was at, I was at 17. I shot a, our local match out here, which is like 80 rounds. And then I loaded everything up and uh, um, took it to the match. So I was at, like, took you it know, to Craig. Took it to Craig, yeah. So I had shot one monthly match out here with it. Um, So I was at like 1,800 rounds or so, give or or take 100 rounds. I'm pretty sure I was at the 1,800, 1,900. And then I shot uh, all of the match here, but I cleaned my barrel before I left, I wanted to make sure everything was good because I knew we were gonna shoot Thursday. We shot Thursday, everything was good, but my barrel slowed down. During the match um, Which which, you caught Which I caught Luckily And then corrected In my software And then the second day Really I shot I shot really good I I mean I, I feel like I competed Very well I moved up 15 places I went from 37th To 22nd um just by correcting and those elevation. points were
0: tight we'll talk about those here in a second just yeah. based but, off of everything that we're saying how close we were to each other yeah. at the end and how close everybody else i mean we were stacked on stacked and it oh, was yeah. it, dude it it was one shot away from you know two places three places it was pretty yeah, tight it
1: was it was so like that uh but the ammo i mean like the sixth creed man I, it was it was kind of like why why not uh just shoot that you know and i i'll see how many rounds obviously it takes to to wear out a bra i'm at a little over 200 or 2000 right now and then i have a feeling
0: you'll do the same thing that you did before is you'll get you'll bust out your six creed and then you'll go ah shoot about 500 rounds through this and i i'm just gonna build something else and then you'll make a different barrel and then you'll be back in here reloading
1: yeah I'll, i'll make something weird again
0: Any tips for reloaders uh, before going out to the match? Anything you did different with your loads um, before, you know, is there anything that you changed that you felt, you know, this improved my, my,
1: um, yeah. And I've, I've said this in the past. Um, I, uh, I never like, I don't, I'm lazy. So I didn't always clean the, uh, um, the lube, the sizing lube off of the cases. So this this match, what I did is I still uh, tried to be as lazy as possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but, of, wait, this is just get me by, yeah, just, just enough just, to get by, just squeak by here. So what I did is I, I lubed cases, sized, trimmed the length, primed, dropped powder, seated bullets, and then what I did is after I seated the bullet is I just drop it in a, a vibratory tumbler. So or a polisher so i just put walnut media in there and then i put my loaded rounds in the tumbler and then i tumbled them for five minutes after they were loaded all it did is just it just basically cleaned all of the the sizing lube off any excess lube that i had on the bullets from me fumble them around you know and everything like that cleaned up all the bullets and then i go through and wipe them all off throw them on a big towel and just wipe them down slowly roll them roll them around make sure that there's nothing big you kind of have to inspect them and you got to put them back in something to hold you around anyways and obviously inspect them make sure there's nothing stuck to them or anything like that so when you you don't you don't jam up your gun while you're chambering it but like that that took a lot of the lube off so then my chamber didn't attract a ton of dirt and I, I felt like that actually helped just the, the operation of the gun. Um, I kind of realized that I'd been messing up by not cleaning the lube off at times, you know.
0: Especially with how fine the <clears throat> dust is up there. Yeah. Like I have stupid fine dust in all little, all the cracks and crevices of my scope, my gun, everything.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that on the way home. We're like, how are we going to clean these? And I was like, I'm
0: just going to hose it down. I'm yeah. Not even gonna Start with the garden take it hose. Taking a shower. Yeah. yeah. Taking the shower, <laughs> just wash it off. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it'd be a bunch of mud in the shower, uh, ballistic software. So I ran three different programs this last weekend and I, I ran them to a point of failure and it was, you watched me through that process on the first day where I went, where it was the day before the train up. Where we got our data, Mm -hmm. and I wrote down all my stuff, and then we went back to the hotel room, and I trued it with all my ballistic data, and I said, Hornady lines up the best. Yep. And we got out to the range on Saturday to shoot the match. Yep. I started with ballistic arc. I got about three stages into it on the time stage where they had the the plates at the same distance, and you Uh just run it for time.
1: Yep. My first, at, at 1,150 yards. At 1,150
0: yards. Yeah. And I'm looking at my ballistic arc, and I was like, man, this doesn't seem right, but you know what? It knows better than I do, so I'm just going to run with it. And something, something felt wrong, but I did it anyways. First shot was six-tenths low. Mm-hmm. Wind call was on, and I was like, man, I hope that wasn't me. I dialed six-tenths, and I pulled the trigger and center punched it, and then I ran those plates as fast as I could after that. So I only dropped one shot on that, but it was due to the ballistic arc. Mm-hmm. So I was like something so – I inputted my data wrong somewhere. So I shut that down. Yep. Went to Hornady. I ran Hornady all the rest of the day up until the next morning. Yeah. The next morning, I updated all my atmosphere, and our first few shots were at like I think it was five, it was, six, was the, seven, 6,
1: No, it was long bomb. Oh, I started at 9.50 and went to 14.06.
0: So at 950, I was five tenths down on Hornady. So I corrected for the five tenths, and then I went to the next target and I corrected another five tenths, and I was still a little bit low underneath the target. So in my head, I was going, okay, every time I change targets, I need to add another tenth to what I'm shooting at. Mm-hmm. So I would go from five tenths to six tenths to seven tenths, to, you know, and so on and so forth. And I was hitting targets and I felt good about it. And I was like, okay, I, I saw the problem, I made the correction. I'm ditching this software so went back to the ranger turned off hornady pulled out my kestrel yep kestrel was on for the rest of the time i was there so the kind of the lesson learned there was um have a backup plan yes have a backup plan because here's the last thing i want to be doing is when you're when it when it's time to work you don't want to be struggling with your equipment. Once you start struggling with your equipment, the first time you start struggling with your equipment, you get flustered. Once you get flustered and you want to try to pull a mole again and you end up doing the same dumb shit over and over again, yeah. you get even more flustered and now it's not fun. Now it's a now it's a task, right? So now I have to go into this next shooting position with that same mentality of, that I had where I had you know, a bad shoot over here. So now I'm in my own head going, okay, well, I'm going to have a bad shoot over here. Ditch that. Ditch yeah. that mentality. Stop yeah. doing that to yourself. Have a backup plan. Keep a positive mental attitude mm-hmm. and move on yeah. and, and take it in stride. <clears throat> yeah.
1: and, and don't, don't always uh, y- y- blame, your, blame your rifle you know, or your equipment. You know, there, there's there's times, I you can ask depending Mike. Depending on what you're shooting. Yeah, at, depending, yeah. I mean, but like this, Mike, Dan, Aaron, they can all be, they all seen it. I was like, oh man, barrel shot out, this, that, the other thing, you know, and I just was, I went from one extreme to the other. You did. Because, and, and, <laughs> and, and uh, like, I mean, like, I put in the, well, I didn't put in a lot of work. I was shooting other things instead of rifle, but, um, <clears throat> I showed up Thursday, I trued what I thought was good.
0: Oh, oh. speaking of shooting other things before, oh, sorry, I'm uh, trying to cut you off. Uh, I want to say uh, there's a guy who listens to this podcast that hit us up when we were at the trap range. I shot trap for the first time in my life, and this dude comes, stands up next to us, and Hank, what up, Hank? And um, he's like, hey, man, uh, aren't you guys long-range
1: shooters? And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Right. And I, <laughs> <you know? laughs>
0: I thought that was really cool, so yeah. uh, big big shout-out to uh, Hank. Yeah.
1: I took Mike out Trap shooting basically I I threw him to the wolves on the deal. It was, we didn't really have time, and it was like, Happy birthday, Mike. Here, shoot this. Yeah, shoot doubles. Yeah, here, hold here, look here, pull the trigger when you, when you, the little white, yeah, when you feel the wind on the
0: left side of your face, hold right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you gotta, you gotta point in front of the target no matter where the, no matter what the wind is doing. (laughs)
0: It's a shotgun. So, anyways, you're like, pissed, Jesus.
1: Oh, yeah, ah, jeez. Like man, my all, uh, guns my all messed all up. GGS, blah blah blah. You know, so I was, I was a little, I was a little frustrated, and because uh, I, 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 had high hopes and high expectations as I always do, and, and uh, I, I kind of shoot for the moon and hope that I get halfway there most of the time, you know, and, right. and. Uh, um, my it wasn't it wasn't happening, so I started to get irritated, and then then what happens is I get thick skulled, and then I don't, I, you know, like I, it's hard for me to sometimes think it through, where like I was like, well, this should have already all been done, I shouldn't have to fix this problem right now, you know, <laughs> and it you know he rolls like, out
0: his bag of tools, what
1: the yeah, fuck? yeah, I you seen me? I went through, I torqued everything, I made sure, like, and you did, I I through, you. Like, uh, and you did it quietly, you did, did it quietly, you didn't talk it. to anybody, you just.
0: <laughs> Powered it down
1: in anger by myself. I just (laughs) sat over there and just tightened things, tightened screws, made sure everything was. I think there's
0: a rule for that. No, no, no sulking in the corner or something like that. Play like a champion.
1: Yeah. Well, like our family, it's, you get your three minutes of pouting. Yeah.
0: yeah. And 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 then you're back at it.
1: Then you have to, then you have to. And you came back with a
0: fiery vengeance. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I finally figured out that, Hey, my barrel just slowed down, you know? So don't, don't, don't get too quick to say like, Oh, Screw this! This hunk of junk. I, give me somebody else's gun. Well, you think you're going to shoot better with somebody else's gun? Right. Somebody else's dope. Somebody else's ammo.
0: No. Somebody else's scope. Somebody else's everything is yeah. different. Yeah. Like it,
1: it, I was like, oh, oh, I need a backup gun. You know? Why didn't I bring a backup gun? Well, it just it just was you know like I just went from zero to a hundred uh, extremely quick. So then, like, I finally kind of calmed down, gathered my thoughts, fixed my problem, and then. done okay you know but it just i didn't i hadn't been practicing hadn't i shot maybe 150 200 rounds this year of rifle so i was you know just Just wanted it wanted to be where i was wanted to be where i was at where i was practicing uh all the time where i shot 100 rounds every week right you know well that's where i should be well, no, you're not going to get there if you're not practicing. It's a perishable it. skill. Yeah, it's yeah, a perishable skill. It, it goes skill. away. And it, and precision rifle is hard enough when everything works perfect. When when everything is going the way you want it, you still have to be able to call wind. You still have to be able to build that position.
0: You still have to be That's, able to make adjustments on the fly.
1: Yeah, you s- adapt. Some of the, yeah, yes.
0: adapt and overcome.
1: Yeah, so I had my thick-skulled few stages there and finally fix the problem and broke through the barrier. Yeah.
0: That's what's important. Um, scope status finding targets. So power it down guys. Power it down you're going to you're going to play a game of power up and power down. Power up and power down. Power okay. up and power down.
1: Especially this match. Yes. I mean you they have they have 1 MOA targets at 5 600 700 yards and they're all beat up, they're gray and they're in sage. Man, those are extremely... Which is a
0: greenish gray, if <laughs> greenish you did gray. not know.
1: Yeah, it is It is extremely tough And all you see is this little targets.
0: stem sticking up out of the sage, and you're like, you're like
1: hmm. oh, I think sage-
0: that might be it. Sage doesn't
1: look straight like a T-post. That must be my target.
0: Right, so I'm going to shoot at that. I'll just shoot at the top of the T-post yeah. and see what happens. <laughs>
1: Where does it disappear? Hold six inches above that.
0: Right, so power it down. If you guys are experiencing too much mirage, just power it down. One of the things that I wanted to really hit on this time, and it was one of the three things, so... Uh, My ammo, uh, the positional, not using rear support, the last thing that was really important to me that that I wanted to just kind of bring to the table for myself and really concentrate on my scope movements. So getting onto a stage before stepping up to the plate, making sure that my elevation was dialed for my first target, my parallax was out for my first target. I also dialed on all my wind every single time before I stepped up to the plate. If I felt there was going to be wind and I looked at it and felt it, I would say, okay, I think that my first round is going to do this. And I dialed on my wind and I would say I had a, I had a pretty high percentage of first round impacts on my first target
1: mm-hmm. yep.
0: and then the rest of the wind I would hold. Positional shooting, I dialed on my wind because, one, I'm not a very strong positional shooter, especially without rear support. So I dialed on my wind so I didn't have to hold off of the plate. So all I could do – like I would hold center on the plate with my wind dialed on there yeah. so that I could get into it and say, okay, I have a bunch of fudge factor and I know my wind is this. Mm-hmm. And I did better positional shooting this year than I ever done. Right. Because, and I think it's because of that.
1: It, you, it was one less thing to worry about.
0: It was. Dialing it on. Now remember that. Dial it out too. Yeah. So when you get off the stage, when you are done with the stage, rotate your top cap all the way down and, rot- and, and rotate your windage back to zero and reset your parallax. So that was kind of a concentration point for me. I had my, my earphones in with my music going on and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot like I shoot on our range and if it works out, it works out, if it doesn't. I have nothing to lose, dude. I'm not you know, monetarily invested into this mm-hmm. like as far as the match is concerned. I'm here to have fun. This is our Vegas time that you know the four of us go out and have a good time. Yeah. So this is what I'm here for. And I'm here to shoot every stage the way it was intended and have and, and yeah. just do that.
1: Yeah, have fun.
0: And, um, but returning to zero. So now going back to that tank trap stage where Adam was talking about going prone. My game plan, because I have six shots in my first position on yep. three targets. I'm a strong prone shooter. I'm a strong wind shooter, I, th- I think, personally. Yes. And I was like, well, if I dial on my wind... And I throw a game changer on the leg of this tank trap and I lay down, I can get six shots. Yeah. I will get six points. And if not, I will guarantee myself five points.
1: Yep. And and just so you guys know, I, I got I found my uh, um, my matchbook. The the very first target was six hundred and ninety eight yards, second target was six hundred and eighty one yards, and the third target was six hundred and seventy seven yards. And so, that's on that tank trap? That's on the tank trap.
0: So my dope It was um, one-tenth
1: difference. So the
0: first target was a tenth further, and then the other two targets were a tenth closer. Mm -hmm. And I made those adjustments on the scope. I didn't hold for it. I made the adjustments on the scope. So you dialed from the first target to the second? To the second two. Okay. Because my wind on my first shot, and I would have to find my matchbook. If I didn't get my first shot, I adjusted off of it because I hit at least five of those. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm good. And then I was like, dude, the rest of this is gravy. I planned to get five points from here. Right. The rest of it, if I get more, I'm happy. And I think I walked away with maybe like six or seven points mm-hmm. or something. I mean, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough for me. And I was happy with it. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, like that, that, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good shot. And in like that one, I went, uh, I just went standing off of the points of the tank trap you did with, with a, rear support, with rear and, a support and, and a game changer, changer a mini yep. game changer i just threw it up there they're like all right go and i literally just set the game changer and the gun down grab the tripod and what i did there was i eliminated all the time of laying down putting my gun on the tank trap and finding the targets while laying prone. so there was a give and a take I got to stand up, set my gun down. I had very minimal movement from the word go. Literally, I stood right next to it. And said just go, dropped it down. Dropped down. Boom. So I was on target in about three to five seconds where the guys that went prone, it took about 10 to 15 seconds, somewhere in that round. It did. It
0: takes time. Because, because you have to get up, reacquire your target. When you're standing and you're moving from a position to position – Mm-hmm. You can make those fine movements because you can still stay on your target and move laterally, right. you know, back and forth instead of up and down. Mm-hmm. So it it does save a lot of time if if you think you can get the point standing. Get the point standing. Yeah,
1: and like that stage, I shot eight points on that stage.
0: Yeah, you did really well. So like, like you almost you almost hit everything. Yeah, if not everything.
1: So I I mean like that I, of course course my knees hurt just a little bit i just got done taking a <laughs> still
0: <laughs> and i knew you were pissed too i was oh, i man. was watching you you started your run and this was we had this uh it's like a valley kind of ditch thing that we were shooting out of so there's walls on either side there's shooting position on one wall, shooting position on the other wall. And then there's a shooting position in the valley. When I say a valley, it's like that's what it looks like. It's it was, you know, it, it was probably six foot
1: from the from one shooting position down to the down
0: to the bottom to the bottom. And then it was what probably about ten fifteen feet wide in yeah. the valley area, and then you know another then you know, the other another four three, feet. Or yeah, three
1: four like that. foot to the other shooting position.
0: So Adam goes you know i'm going to start in the highest position i'm going to start over here i'm going to run this stage i'm like cool i need to figure out where these targets are so i'm sitting down sitting back on this berm and i'm looking through binos and i'm kind of in the bottom of the valley and he's you know uh shooting in front of me so i'll let you tell your perspective
1: coming down that hill (laughs) so i uh i i shoot the i shoot the four targets and i grab all my stuff stand up and i'm just trying to move as efficiently as possible. So instead of like following the little trail backwards, like I got to walk like run backwards and then go back into the valley, like, I just I'm just going to walk I'm just going to run straight down the hill. Yeah. Well, with my left off foot Off the beaten path. Off the beaten path, I step on sagebrush and then my right foot hooks underneath <laughs> of the other of the sagebrush. <laughs> so now I have both feet locked in and I'm already and half, Gravity's
0: doing its work. Yeah, I'm
1: halfway down the hill. You know, so now it's time to. Now I got to catch myself or eat the buttstock of this gun. So as I'm falling, I'm like, all right, go to your knees first, you know, and try to like. And then I thought, okay, well, you have a loaded gun, and I pointed. Yeah, the you gun, had
0: the mag in, bolt back. Mag in, bolt back. It wasn't chambered. Right. But I was
1: like, man, there's still, still, there's still, there's still a chance. There's right? still. So still I point, don't want to flag anybody. I point the gun downrange at the targets. And basically, let the gun go. Yeah,
0: you you drop the gun. Drop the gun. Yeah. Tumbled to the bottom with it. Also known as jettison, jettison, Jet dead. dead. God damn it. <laughs> jettison. Jet, jet, jettison. He jettisoned it. Yes, jettisoned.
1: So, uh, <laughs> anyways, so that was the word the, of the
0: day the, the other day. Just so you guys know. Yeah.
1: The gun and I tumble to the bottom of the hill, and I like get up and I look at the R.O.s. And I was waiting for him to be like, hey, dude, that's, that's, yeah, totally, done. that's totally unsafe of you. Uh, you're done. And I kind of like look at him, and I give him like the one second.
0: Are we good?
1: And then I was like, oh, I guess I'm good. And my gun's laying on its scope. I was like, huh. Well, I hope that's on. I flip the gun up, you know, and the first target that I have to shoot is skyline. You know, so I'm like, right. you're like oh god <sighs> oh shit you know like if, if I, just, I, miss.
0: I just spent 45 seconds fucking around tumbling <laughs> down this hill
1: yeah so I shoot no impact I'm like oh boy yep, there we I go. go to the other one it's skylined shoot and I changed my wind call mm-hmm. I'm like okay well uh, you know this is full value I'll go to half value because I had enough wiggle room on the plate miss I'm like uh oh so I go to the next target impact it's like, oh I'm on I'm on there we go impact stand up move to the next one chamber of the round getting ready to shoot it was time yeah you know so i got i think i got uh i got five points on there with even taking a digger
0: you know dude saying? that was i actually and you didn't hear me laugh because i was like oh no i know he's Ooh, that looks terrible
1: yeah that's a good one
0: gross your knees all fucked up <laughs> um i said i seen you come down and i was like okay well he he tossed the gun in the direction of the targets so, I mean, we're good there. Nothing was on the trigger or anything like that. And the, the RO saw it, and he was just like, keep going. Yeah. We're like, okay, everything's cool. And you gave him the look, and he was like, keep going. You're good. Okay. So, you know, you went about your business, and I was like, are you okay? <laughs> and he didn't say anything. I was like, oh, he's so pissed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Good thing uh connex media wasn't over there recording that shit. Yeah, that
1: would that would have been a the highlight reel for sure.
0: Right. B- but
1: I was a little B- I was a little worried, like I mean, anytime your gun falls, you take a digger or something like that, I was like, oh man. Your like, scope's rattled. Like my scope, you know, like it's gonna Something's move. Gonna be it's off. gonna move yeah. tenth here or there, yeah. you know, one way or the other. And uh, that's what I was really worried about. And so like that, I hit those other two targets. I was like, hey, it's good. And then I'm thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, I have an Accuracy International. He's fine. I have a Spur. Yeah. And I have a callless 5 to 25 on here. It's like, if that moves, I have problems. Right. I go to the tank trap stage, eight points. And they're like, hey, eight, eight's the highest score that we've had all day. Yeah.
0: Like, equipment's good. I'm good. Yeah. You could have thrown that. You threw the thing like a lawn dart and it still worked. Right. You know? So, the last piece that we want to cover we know we're getting uh, times times pretty much up, but I want to go through this stuff because I think it's important and this will you know finish up our after actions is the mental endurance of shooting a match in the heat and you know you're you're far away from home all the creature comforts are gone it's hot outside you're spending all day outside and a lot of those guys were walking we were kind of lazy as hell and we were driving <laughs> yeah. around so I mean like there's some of the stuff that doesn't apply to us but what we've seen and then some of the stuff you know it's still you're still outside in the heat mostly everybody's wearing long sleeve stuff to try to keep the heat off of them but you're also baking inside of that stuff so how do you keep your head in the game um when you're getting anytime that you're on a stage follow along in the spotter and if you're two people away from shooting you should be on the glass
1: every time
0: every time and this is going to help you identify targets faster and more efficiently to where to find that first target to go to the second target third target fourth target maybe even fifth target and then back down um to the first target (sighs) but being able to find that first target because now the the clock has started your heart has started and everything is starting to move a lot faster you know you're 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 perceiving time moving a lot faster at this point because your adrenaline's up. You know, you have all these things going on inside of your body and you're trying to fight yourself to get to a certain goal. So if you're two shooters away, you need to be on that spotter. If you're one shooter away, you need to be getting in the queue, ready Mm -hmm. to shoot, because something is about to change. So if you saw something that the, the previous shooter did or you feel a change in the wind or something like that, a lot of the times that I was standing up there, a second person away from shooting, I would watch that shooter, the full course of fire that they did. I would get all my stuff together. I'd get behind the next shooter, and I'd start messing with my uh, my wind dial. Yeah. I'd feel it, check it. And a lot of times, like, I was shooting just right after you, Adam. Yeah. And you'd get up from the line, and we wouldn't say anything to each other. We'd just hand equipment off. Right. I wouldn't ask you, you know, what was the wind doing down there? I wouldn't ask you, you know, there was some times where I was just like, man, it feels like it's blowing seven miles an hour. Would when yeah. you what was it blowing down there, and you would give me a mile per hour, and I would do the math into my mills, right? And I would go, okay, yeah, so I need right. to be at six tenths. Yeah. I need I, to be at five. I,
1: tenths. I left that completely up to up to you, is is because I'm shooting bra. It's it's a hundred or hundred fifty. Yeah, you 50 know, know sec- the math on yours. Per, I don't care what your slower. hold is. I'm like you're like. Well, what's your hold? Well, it doesn't matter to you what mine yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I'm like, hey, I've seen a, a basically it, it equates to a six mile an hour full value wind well, it's blowing 13 miles per hour. Well, I don't care. He didn't need to know that. Well, it's actually blowing
0: at, you know, the seven o'clock versus I I just want to know what you're holding for a value of wind.
1: Yeah. Now, now your wind calls on you. I gave you what I seen as far as a value of, of wind mile per hour and what my gun was doing, how that equates. That's up to you on how your gun shoots in that mile per hour of wind. That's, you know, like I, I can't help you. I don't know what your gun is. Yeah. You know, back
0: I, three four years ago, it was like, okay, well, we're shoot we're both shooting the same caliber, same everything, same mm-hmm. velocity, same all this, and giving somebody a, a wind call like that and saying, you know, two tenths, three tenths, four tenths, that makes more sense. But now we're so far away in shooting mm-hmm. that, or so far away from each other in shooting, anyways, yeah. that it's hey, just give me the wind value and and I'll figure mm-hmm. it out from there.
1: And I, I know this is running long, guys, but it, I mean, I, I think it's worth talking about and and uh i'll keep you in the car or whatever and make it make it longer because it is what it is but so mike was talking about hey you got to find uh a, a landmark of some sort and keep your head in the game and one stage that they did here that i that i really i it really makes you work hard at hitting your targets was it was it was stage six it says the okies have come to colorado and gotten high and the Okies are known for... I didn't even know that was the name of the yeah. stage. I just... It was like, where are we going? Stage six? Stage six. So Oklahoma is known for troop lines. Mm-hmm. So you, you line up all, all 12 people in your squad, and you go ahead, and each person gets Go, oh, go yeah, down the line, and will... you shoot, right? So we're on the gun. There's 12 of us in a squad, and you're on the gun, and we, and have, hot. F- we have five targets, and I'll, I'll list them, uh, actually six targets. So uh, far left target... Was a diamond at a thousand and sixty yards. Then we had a sixteen-inch diamond at a ten forty, diamond sixteen-inch diamond at nine forty-four, sixteen-inch diamond at nine fifty, sixteen-inch diamond at nine fifty-two, and sixteen-inch diamond at a thousand sixteen. Just enough now,
0: to make you dial.
1: Now, between all those targets, there was probably what a, I would say. If you went from the far right target to the far left target, I bet there was a 1,000 yards from our firing Difference, line. Difference, from, yes. from, from, from edge the, to edge. From the right target to the left target. It was up on this big ridge, and you had to find all six of it those. It stretched across almost the entire playing field. Yeah, it was pretty you, were, you were jumping over people's legs and so like trying to get straight behind your gun to shoot the far left target. And then the net, like then you would. But like, you
0: didn't know which target to shoot until they came and cor- kicked your foot. Cor-
1: correct, and that's why it says they've gotten high. You didn't shoot target one, and everybody shoots target one. Then move to target two, and everybody shoots target two. No, they had a list, and they're like, okay, well, hey Mike, you're going to shoot uh, target three, and in twenty seconds, twenty seconds, you had to find target three, dial for target three, hold wind, and shoot two shots on that target. And then the next person was up, and they're like, hey, target six. And everybody had to like move, find target six, <laughs> right. dial elevation, shoot, you know, and then the next shooter, dial or target one. And I mean, you could see the whole line just shifting back and forth, back and forth, because everybody's using each person's try. And you're as remembering where these targets are and you're pretty
0: much on top of each other there was no room there, to be there there was them.
1: no room I mean like like I talk about like Dan and I we, our legs were hugging man we were all over each other trying to get straight behind the gun because I mean it was like I said there's a thousand yards between the left and the right the right furthest target and it, you had to remember landmarks and basically all, all your dope because like this for me I, I ranged from six one to seven six in elevation so i had to make sure that i knew exactly what target i was on dial it find it and shoot it and you had 20 seconds
0: yeah so you really had to be in the game and you're you were on the ground for a long time enough for how many people were on our squad well
1: well, we had 12 people
0: 12 people on our squad so 20 seconds per but in between there is time too right so there you're on the ground for a long time just baking in the sun and your and neck is all crooked and everything because your targets are elevated from your position.
1: And you're facing down. If you if you laid ho- like perfectly parallel to the ground, we're facing down into the ravine. Then the targets are up on the other hill. So you had your bipod with the extensions on it, with it ran out all the way. And it's pointing up at the other side of the hill. So you're really arching your back and neck. And you sit there. For 15, 20 minutes on a gun, on scope, and you're fighting this back and forth, you're tired. Yeah. You're sitting there. You're baking in the sun. There's no shade. Everybody just sweating. Like, <laughs> yeah. damn, on the, the, last, the last target, I see sunglasses go flying in front of my face because they'd fogged up. Mm. And he, so much sweat had run down into his glasses he couldn't see. So he just, poof, threw them off, you know, and they went flying in front of me. So
0: so heat stress out there, guys. Heat stress uh, real deal. When it gets, starts getting that hot, you need to hydrate. There's no question about it. When you're in a high desert area, you need to hydrate. When you're in a low desert area, you need to hydrate. When you're, which you perceive as being cold outside, you need to hydrate. Um, just that right there, that small thing, I started kind of falling out there, uh, probably three or four stages at the end of the second day. I was like, I looked at Adam and said, dude, I think I'm tired. And he turned yeah. and looked at me and said, "Go to the back of the Ranger and, and chug a bottle of water right now." Yeah, and I said, "You know what? I think you're right." And yeah. I did that, and I was good. I could probably have done another five or six stages after
1: yeah. that. But it's like you—you don't—it creeps up on you, and before long, you're like, "Oh man, like I just—I just don't feel like I have it in me." Well, you don't.
0: Yeah, you don't. You're out of fluid. Yeah, drinks. It. You, yeah, you, yeah. You're behind. <laughs> you need to drink water. Yeah, uh, drink water and eat the food, man. The best thing that we did was. Um, Stop by at Walmart and grab a bunch of snacks. Yeah. Uncrustables. Uncrustables, the, man. <laughs> shoot We went fuel. through six boxes. Oh, my God. We went through six boxes. My favorite ones were the honey and peanut butter. Those are the hands down my favorite Delicious. ones. Real won't eat them, so maybe I'll just get them and be like, oh, you don't want them? Oh, you oh, don't like mine. these? Hmm.
1: Sucks to be you.
0: Stay cool, calm, and collect. When you get up there and you get up to the actual stage itself, you take a breath yeah. and, and settle down. The time is going to start. Everybody's on the same timer. Just don't sweat it. I timed out more often than not, but I got my hits that I wanted. Yeah. I don't care about the clock. I don't care about running it in 90 seconds or anything like that. You can't miss fast enough. Just chill the F out and engage the targets that you can hit. People are missing 400-yard targets, dude. Yeah. That's money. That's money in the bank. Put it away.
1: Yeah. Calm down. Slow down you know, 10 misses is not worth as much as 5 hits.
0: If you're playing the score game, worry about your score, don't worry about the time. Yeah. Worry about getting those points if you're if that's what you're there for. Fighting your equipment, we talked about that. That will take its mental toll on you, and we've talked about it in previous yeah. podcasts. It, get the equipment that's going to work for you and work and work with you versus the stuff that well, I can get by with this for right now, which That is a great learning tool. If you can get something that'll get you by for right now, you really don't know what's out there that can help you until you actually get it and you go, oh my God, this is so much easier. Just do it right the first time and stop fighting your equipment. It's less stuff that you have to deal with mentally because you have plenty of things going on that'll keep your attention. And like Adam said earlier, if you're struggling with a piece of equipment that you don't need to be struggling with, ditch it.
1: Yeah. Get rid of it <clears throat> like that. And obviously it's hard if it's your gun. Precision long range shooting is hard enough with, without fighting equipment. If everything runs perfect, the match directors do their job to mess you up. That's what they do. They want their job you is to getting miss. Your yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Their job that, is That's, that's what head. they want. So it is hard enough with everything running perfect. So if you start to find stuff and you're, you're fighting it like a tripod, if you're fighting it and you're, you're just wasting time, try to shoot it without it. You'll be surprised. Like, Hey, well, I still got the same amount of hits, but it was easier. I felt like I didn't feel like, man, I don't feel exhausted after this stage, you know?
0: And the last thing I want to leave you guys with is fight through the finish line, not to the finish line and and don't give up on the second to last stage. That is literally the difference between ten positions in the roll call at the end of the day, yep, and you know you you get to that second to last stage and something there's a hiccup in the game, and you're just like dude, I don't even care. we have one more stage left i'm I'm just going to burn through it, and then yeah. you burn through it, and then that's what you know, maybe let's call it 50% of the shooters are doing right. They've shot everything they can shoot in the same weather that you're shooting in and you're tired. They're tired. What you need to think about is getting through that last stage and being less tired than the guy next to you. Yeah. Because that will carry the day. I, and that I truly believe.
1: I, I, I mean, you couldn't say it better. I mean, that, that is exactly true. I mean, everybody's hot. Everybody's tired. Everybody wants to go home. Everybody wants to go back to the hotel, take a shower.
0: You're not everybody.
1: Yeah. Fight through that last stage. It, it, you know, it, just like they always say, hey, man, this is fourth quarter. You know, fight through. Clear to the end. Clear to the buzzer. You know, like, it, that's the way it is. Even even in this sport, like, you you start giving away two, three points, four, four points on the very last stage. You're going to – and they're easy targets. And you're gonna get there and you're gonna be like, oh man, like, oh, Mike just kicked my ass by four points. I gave those four points away on the last stage. On the drive home, you're gonna be thinking, Man, I could have I could have hit those four. Like that was easy.
0: Yeah. Like and that's the easy. one thing you always hear when the last shot is fired. Man, if I would have just if I would have just, just dialed in team. on this and yep. and it, wow, man, if I would have hit this target. Well fuck, dude. That's the object of the game, right? To hit all the targets on the clock. Yeah, if you would have hit all the
1: targets on the clock, you would have won the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, so don't sweat it. Yeah, like, like <laughs> I told one of the guys at the train up, I said, "I'll give you the exact key to win this match right here, right now." He said, "What's that?" It's like, "Don't miss." Yeah, don't miss. Don't miss. You'll, you'll win. be fine.
0: You'll be just fine.
1: Yeah, my uncle told me that a long time ago. He's like, "Hey, if you want, if you're so worried about winning, just don't miss. You're fine." Yeah. <laughs> Everything's good. Everything's
0: good. Thanks, guys, for hanging in there with us. We're at about seventy-five minutes or so. This is going to be unedited. I am just going to post this straight up. Um, We appreciate you guys sticking through it, and uh, you know, it was a really good match. And we, the big, my, I love Rob. Rob Quigley is not only just a good, decent human being. Uh, he's a great match director. He no nonsense. He does what he needs to do, and then he, you know, he goes home at the end of the day mm-hmm. feeling good. So he, if you
1: if you guys ever get the chance to shoot this match, do it. Do it's it. One, soon it's as soon as it comes the, up, it's one of the best it. matches uh, to go to. I, I love the 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 facility there. Obviously, there's not a great big clubhouse and all that stuff, but do you, you get you get. When when do you ever see a target array a thousand yards apart between targets? Yeah. I mean that. I think that's pretty rare. Shoot. Most of the time, you're you're stuck in trees and you're shooting in lanes or whatever. You know, get out here, fight that that wind, the ups, the downs, the you know, lefts and rights out there. You can't even see. You know, it's, it's a great facility. I think Rob's going to try to do monthly matches again. Uh, if you're local, definitely. Try to get out there and you okay, those you're local, yeah, yeah, I mean, or I don't care. If you want to fly out for a monthly match, yeah, fly right. out for a monthly match. It'll, you'll definitely still like the match. So,
0: Well, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to The Everyday Sniper. And uh, tell your friends about us. Maybe they can uh, pick up a few pointers. We appreciate you.
1: Yep, thank you very much.
0: We out.